0: After a slugfest with Morgan State, the Howard Bison are your 2023 MEAC champions and have earned an invite to the Celebration Bowl. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU, your first listen of the day, every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off doesn't mean that the journey is over. just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Starts with an S and ends with an S. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel and new users can make a hundred and fifty dollars back in bonus bets when they win their first bet of at least five dollars so go to fanduel.com locked on college and make every moment more excuse me locked on fanduel.com locked on and make every moment more now the Howard versus Morgan State game and kind of the North Carolina Central versus Delaware State game. That is the catalyst of today's episode, but really more so the former because the outcome of that game really impacted the the future of two teams, not just one. You had Howard and then you also had North Carolina Central. So we'll end the episode with an evaluation of Morgan State's quarterback, Todd Smith. In the middle of the episode, we'll look at, North Carolina Central's fate because they have made it to the FCS playoffs as we expected. But before any of that, we're talking about the champions now. Before any of that, we're looking at Howard because there are no more co-champions in football. And if you are an everydayer, you know exactly how I feel about that. If you're an everydayer, you know that I hated it. And if you go all the way back to last year, I could not stand co-champions in the MEAC. I just I, I don't like it. I don't like the the term when you have a celebration ball. And I'll go on my miniature rant because I really went in on a couple of times, Howard, at the end of the year, talking about co-champions. To me, that's that's, that's a consolation prize. To me, that's really second place. You're the champion or you're not when it comes to football because there is no tournament at the end of the year, right? Because every sport ends with a definitive champion. And the only time there's co-champions, in my opinion, is when you have a tournament later in the year, to then determine the uh the uh more so solidified champion the true champ right so that's just my point of it that's my point of it right but i ain't got to worry about that anymore so as you can tell with me labeling in a miniature rant with me going on a little passionate about it for a couple of you know about a minute and a half or whatever I don't like it and I'm glad that they took it out. So congratulations to Howard because they just won their first outright championship in over in 30 years actually on the dot since 93. So um much congratulations to the Bison and they got it done with a slugfest. This wasn't an offensive shootout. This wasn't them putting up a lot of points. And I didn't think it was going to be either one of those things. I thought that maybe they could have put up some points. That was more likely than it being a shootout, but this was the type of game that Morgan State wanted. It's kind of similar to the central game that they had where Morgan, State's wa- Morgan State wants you to be in a low-scoring game. They want your defense to have to continue to show up because their defense is going to continue to show up. And that's what I saw in the game. Now, Howard is playing really good football right now, especially on the defensive end. You saw against North Carolina Central an offense that is known for stretching you vertically. There was no separation. And when you look at the replays in this game versus Morgan State, it was a very similar process. You would see them try to get downfield, nothing. There was nothing open, and there was no way for them to really get the passing game going. If I'm talking about Morgan State, there was no way for them to do that because Howard's secondary was so good. They were so sticky. There was nowhere for them to go on many occasions where you see the quarterback just kind of dancing around, dancing around. That's not because he has poor field vision multiple times when, they, when he did that and they showed the replay after is because there was nowhere to go, right? And they had a couple of big plays, admittedly, and most of them started in their own territory. So they would get a big play and get to about the 40-ish. They would just cross midfield and then everything would be done. And that was because whenever they had to get consistent offense, Howard's defense was not allowing that to happen. Anytime Morgan State wanted to move the ball, it was big play or nothing. They got a big play to get them past midfield. And then once they had to get nickel and dimes, something would happen. Either it was a a uh, penalty or Howard just playing good defense or a self-inflicted wound of a drop or something of that nature. But whenever Morgan State crossed the 50-yard line for a good amount of this game, they couldn't do anything. And I also thought that Howard's offense played a little bit better than the point total would suggest. Thought they drove the ball down a little bit better than point – Point totals would suggest um, the running game was really good. The passing game, it was a little bit of a struggle. But Morgan State has a really good defense. And when you have a really good defense, these type of performances happen. And that's why the slugfest was important, because you need to have your defense show up. Your defense has to show up just like they have over the last two weeks. They're really seeming to hit their stride. We'll see what happens when you get into the celebration bowl. I'm not going to pencil. I'm not going to write fam you and pen as their opponent even though I will pencil them in. I won't write it in pen. But you're going to have to continue that up if you do end up facing the Rattlers, for sure. But back to the offense, as I was talking about, of Howard. So Howard had a lot of success on the ground with jared hunter and eaton james having big games again both running backs ran for over five yards per carry hunter crossed the century mark for the second week in a row this guy has been very productive and i really do enjoy watching this duo work and i know that ian will at any moment excuse me ian will at any moment could pop out with a big time run that makes this team very exciting their secondary covering the way that they do makes this team very exciting I thought that the defense line played well outside of those big plays that they would allow Howard's defense wasn't they were really stingy they were really stingy and they allowed one big play on offense for uh from Morgan State that ended up being a touchdown even that touchdown was a long play so essentially you could tell it was a little bit of explosive play or nothing Part of that is game planning that I will get into in segment three when evaluating Todd Smith, but at the same time, a lot of it had to do with what was Howard allowing you to do as well, I would assume at least. So got to give them love, got to give them praise. I think that Howard is heating up at the right time. They're playing really good football. We'll see if they're able to continue this after their layoff. The momentum has to continue. And what can make an argument that 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 layoff kind of derails momentum at times? I don't know. I'm thinking about having a conversation next week about the the week in between or that the, the time difference between MIAC opponents and swag opponents. I'm thinking about doing that either next week or the week after the SWAC championship, but I'm leaning more towards the week of the SWAC championship. But as we move forward, we ain't even talking about SWAC today, right? Take take I ain't taking my I ain't taking my banner down. But anyway, you get the point. Let's move into North Carolina Central, because I told you that this game, the outcome of Howard versus Morgan State was impactful to two teams. But it wasn't the two teams that were playing. It was Howard, because they went into the Celebration Bowl due to this victory. Meanwhile, North Carolina Central had their Celebration Bowl hopes kind of taken away. But we knew they were going to go into the FCS playoffs, so the season is not over. Let's look at that as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by listening.com and we have a new one for you. This one is really cool. So if you're a college student listening to this or if you're the parent of a college student or if you just know somebody in a college, you should inform them of this because this is something that I wish I had in my four years at TSU. And it's called listening.com where you can basically turn any PDF, textbook, any kind of reading material into an audio book. So now you can listen to it on the go. And I know a lot of times just reading at the same page, it gets a little, gets a little stagnant where you're like, man, I'm just been staring at this. Listen to it. They know how to read mathematic equations. They know to skip over citations. It's an intelligent service, right? Listening.com makes your studying experience 10 times easier. And because I like you, because you're an everyday here, I want you to go to listening.com slash locked on. Make sure you add the locked on because if you do that, they typically give you two weeks for free to see exactly how much you like it. But with you when you add that LinkedIn or excuse me uh, listening.com slash locked on, then you get an extra week. So now instead of two, you get three weeks free. All you have to do is go to listening.com slash locked on. As we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. And remember, um, or actually, you might not know this. Some of you might have seen it on social media, some of you might have, might have not. But we have a new 24 hour broadcast all day, all night, local shows, uh, national shows, locked on, sports, television. I love it. I absolutely love it. Love it, love it, love it. So make sure you check that out. As soon as I finish talking, you can go ahead and flip over to them and get knowledge on anything and everything that's on at any current moment. But right now, I want to look at this North Carolina Central because they have made the FCS playoffs, and they have an interesting path, one that I think is kind of coincidental and it's kind of a fun storyline to go along with it. I would say they weren't technically a lot. North Carolina Central wasn't technically a lock because they weren't an automatic qualifier. They were a lock in the sense that if they didn't make it, we were going to be pretty surprised, right? So I actually went there to go find out who they were going against, and I typed in north on the computer to find it, and nothing popped up. I said, I know they didn't. Then I went to Twitter, and I said it was there. So I looked up Central, and I was like, oh, okay, it was just NC Central. I was ready to go off. That's how much of a lock I thought that they were. And the shift for... The Eagles kind of went from celebration bowl to FCS playoffs after they lost to Howard. And we talked about it for a week. I knew that Howard could lose to Morgan state, but the most likely scenario is that they wouldn't. And I think we all knew for a foregone conclusion that North Carolina central was going to beat Delaware state. I would have been stunned the upset of the year. if That didn't happen. But now that North Carolina central is officially in the FCS playoffs, I think that their path has a kind of a funny to me, at least, a funny storyline attached to it. And it's not about the Celebration Bowl or anything like that. It's the fact that we all know the reason we felt confident Central would make the playoffs is because they knocked off Campbell and they knocked off Elon. It was their out-of-conference schedule that made us feel so confident that they would be in this position that they are today. But in their first game in the playoffs, they're going to have Richmond. And I know that you're not supposed to look ahead, but I don't play for the team, so I'm going to look ahead. If they're able to knock off Richmond, then they're going to have Albany. So Richmond, Albany, two CAA teams, and the reason that they got here, we're knocking off two CAA teams in Elon and then also Campbell. So a nice little storyline to me is how long can this CAA stretch continue if they push it to four games? Now they're in the quarterfinals. But I understand I ain't supposed to look that far ahead. So let's go ahead and move on to, uh, to Richmond. Let's go ahead and move on to Richmond because – this ain't their first rodeo with no with no uh, HBCU team either. Neither Albany or Richmond is new to HBCUs. They actually have a common opponent. Excuse me. They actually have a common opponent in Morgan State. But <laughs> when you look at who Richmond has played on the FCS or excuse me on the HBCUs, they played Hampton and they played North Carolina A&T because that is their conference opponents now, right? Both of those teams are now in the CAA with Richmond. They split those opponents. Obviously they knocked off AT. we know that. But then they lost to Hampton. But out of conference, they played two more HBCUs. And they played Delaware State, and they played Morgan State. They split that too. And I don't think it takes much to know that they beat uh, they beat Delaware State and they lost to Morgan State. So now if I take a step back and I just kind of look at it through a lens, right? You played 4 HBCUs. You lost to the two good ones, and you beat the two bad ones. Delaware State is not a good team. That's the worst team in the conference. And I don't know exactly where North Carolina a and uh, landed, but if I'm not mistaken, I don't think that they won a conference game, so I think they're the worst team in that conference. So you're looking at two teams who are at the bottom of where they currently are. Then you look at Morgan State, who is a team who was fighting for a Celebration Bowl uh birth at the end of the season. you Look at Hampton, a team that has looked pretty good throughout the season. I thought, you know, as time went on, they caught a couple of losses and whatnot, but there was a lot of times where Hampton looked decent. So let's just say solid and bad. You couldn't beat a solid HBCU, but you beat the bad ones, but you couldn't beat the solid one. Now you're going against a high-level HBCU that is better than both of the teams that you lost to. Now I understand that this matchup is not the same as the other one. Because the key word there is matchups. But it's just a little interesting that they have struggled against other HBCUs. So now when you go to North Carolina Central, I'm looking at the running game. Because the only thing that, as far as CAA rankings go, the only thing that Richmond does really well is stop the run. When you look at their passing offense, running offense, when you look at their pass defense, they're middle of the pack to bottom of of the barrel. Like, they're middle of the pack to bottom of the barrel in all of those things. But one thing they do really well, I think they're third. They're definitely top five, but I think they're third. They stopped the run. So I'll be very interested. If they can run on Richmond, North Carolina Central is in good hands. That's my opinion on it, though. They're in good hands. So um, I'll be looking to see if they can extend it off to three. You knocked off Campbell, then you knocked off Elon. And for the record, Elon was a top 25 team when that happened. And I know that Elon didn't end up having a great season or anything, but they went six and two in the CAA. Do with that what you will. They have played some, some decent to solid level CAA teams, and they about to play one of the even better CAA teams. It'll be very fun to watch. I can't wait to do it. But um, as we move forward, I want to look at Tosh Smith. I want to look at what Tosh Smith is able to do because – I finally got to really lay my eyes on a full body of work. And I'll tell you what I came away with as we continue with Locked On, HBCU. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And now they always want to help you out. And we believe in you. Put down a $5 money line bet. And if you win on that one, you get $150 back and free. Oh, my God. Just because you knew what you were talking about the first time. This is only for my new customers. But just because you knew what you were, think, or what you were talking about the first time, we're going to go ahead and tag $150 on it again. Fan duel is for the people. Fan duel is for the people, whether that's NFL, right? You got the Chiefs versus the Eagles. Mahomes versus Hurts. Kelsey versus Brown. All of that is tonight. Put some money down on that. See the extra 150 hit your account in the morning. It's just that simple. Go to well, fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on, where you can make every moment more and you can make your cash flow increase if you're new. $5 money line bet. Bet it, win it, get $150 extra. As we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day. Every day, making it all the way to segment two. And I thank you three times for that. Now, this is my Todd Smith evaluation. You know, every now and then, I try to get into my scout bag. Shout out my guy, Coach G. I got to bring him on, man. Really, I just got to call him and see how the season was, right? Um, Maybe I'll do both of those at the same time. I don't know. Um, But I'll be trying to get in my scout bag. So I'll probably send this off to him. So, hey, hey, man, how you feel about this? This is one of those times. Typically, I get in my scout bag towards February, January, when we're looking at the draft, when we're looking at the scouting combine, the HBCU legacy bowl, the, the uh, HBCU combine. Like, typically, that's when I get into my bag, start talking my traits and all of these things. But Todd Smith just finished his true freshman season, and I think he's done enough to prove that he is the guy for next year. He's a true freshman quarterback. He's not a superstar already. Like, he he wasn't one of those guys who came in and was a superstar in year one. That's not him. But as a true freshman, as a young quarterback, what you needed to prove to the most to me is that you have potential. So I don't know if he's the guy three years down the line. And who knows? Maybe I'm going based off of Morgan State and their lack of stability, and I see a guy who can give you stability. But when I see a guy who can give you stability, that sounds like a starter. And I say he's the starter for next year. I'm not ready to jump off the cliff either way. I was talking to my guy, Mason. I said, look, man, I'm pretty in the middle, but I'm leaning more positive than I am negative. That's where I'm at with him. And I'm not really really ready to make big judgments either way, but he's shown enough potential that is now on the coaching staff to make sure that that potential is reached. It's now on the coaching staff to make sure that the tools that make me excited about him are now able to be shown throughout his game. So let's look at what I like. First off, I've taken, like, peeks at him every now and then. I looked at some box scores, but I wasn't able to just watch the whole game. I watched that whole game. I missed the beginning of the PV Alabama State game. I missed the beginning of the Jackson State all game. Like, I missed all these other games because I just devoted my attention to this matchup right here. And what I saw, first and foremost, I think the thing that jumps off the screen about him is his arm. Right, and the fact that he goes deep a lot, and when you're looking at a player who is going to target the field down the field twenty plus yards a lot, you have to make sure that you have a good offensive line in front of him. Right, and I think he has a good arm. I think he has an uh, an accurate arm. I think that he. There's times when he sails throws, but I think that most of the time that that happened, it was good coverage. And to me, I'm definitely going to ask Coach G because he was there. But to me, a lot of times it felt like, okay, I'm throwing this, but it's covered. I'm going to throw it over everybody. It didn't feel like I just overthrew my target. There was a couple of overthrows here and there. But like I said, he's a true freshman who's going to need, who's going to need a little bit of refinement. Um, but with that, you have to get receivers who can stretch the field more. You have to get offensive linemen who can block because those don't happen quickly. You're going to need time to set up these shots that are 20 yards down the field, 25 yards down the field. But then at the same time, you're going to need to establish more of a middle ground. With the Oregon State offense, at least against Howard, it was deep shot, check down. Deep shot, check down. And when you're not working anything in the intermediate, that's what happens, or that's how you end up not having anything to go to when you have a holding call. That's how you end up getting to a first and 20, second and 20, or a second and 17, and now you're feeling like you're done. Because if you don't hit that shot play, You're not going to get it with anything else. That's not the product or that's not how you create consistent offense. So I would say that part is on the coaching staff. But then also maybe it's there and he's just not looking for it. I don't know. But those things have to work together, whether it's him not looking at the middle of the field or if it's them just not having his first or second read being in the middle of the field. Another thing is he runs the ball really, really, really well. But I'd like to see him do it more on non-designed runs. I saw him kind of patting his feet in the backfield, and, you know, they they were covering well. Howard has a good secondary. We're not taking that away from him. But at the same time, I felt as if there were times when he could have tried to skirt through the middle of the the offensive line to try to get some yardage downfield with his legs. He's a really good runner, and I thought that Howard knew that, and they had a disciplined rush plan. I thought that the defensive ends, whenever he tried to peel outside, did a good job of bending him back inside. But at times, it was four-man rushes. I thought that I would have liked to seen Smith run up the middle and get, even if it's three, four yards, it was better than what was happening because he would stay in the pocket. You can't throw it away because that's grounding. So he ended up staying in the pocket and he would get sacked. And I wasn't a fan of that. But once again, true freshman, things will happen with a little bit more progression and learning. But his legs have to be a part of the game, whether that's in design runs or not design runs, because you want to get multiple running backs. You want to make sure that you have a system because you have to run that read option. His legs are too lethal for you not to use his legs as a part of the game plan. It can't just be a drop back throw and he runs when he doesn't see anything. But maybe you want to have some more one read, two read, go. You know, he'll go into next year. He'll probably be more advanced. But when you have legs like that, one read, two read, is not there, let's go. I, I think that he could benefit from that. And it's as, and you do that as you end up... Um, how do I want to say this? So you do that as you learn to read the field better and then you can go into more reads but instead of just patent 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 first read second read not there let me find my escape and let me continue to move forward so we are closer to the chains as opposed to taking a seven yard sack because couldn't see the guy right there was nobody open but we're trying to find somebody but overall i thought he was a really good player his legs were good. He had a big run that had them cross the 50. That was one of the explosive plays that Morgan State had early in the game. I thought his his deep ball was the best part of it. I thought he had good decision-making. I just would like to see the middle of the field be attacked more or the, the 10 to 20 yard, right? So middle of the field vertically, as far as that goes. I would like to see that attacked a little bit more. And I think that with experience, it will happen because you'll have more trust in him. You have more trust in him learning the uh, and knowing the offense. And now you can feel like he can attack everywhere. But you may be just leaning on his natural gifts, which is his cannon. And that's what I was able to see from Taj Smith. I like him, though. Definitely want to see him be the starting quarterback. I don't think that you need a quarterback battle here. I like where Taj Smith is at, and I expect him to get better over the spring, over the summer, and everything until we get into next fall. So I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Remember. Um, tomorrow we'll be back. We're only going to have three episodes today, today, tomorrow, and it will be off until Friday. And we'll do a Bayou Classic, uh, game with a week preview. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, and I guess that's really it. So I appreciate y'all. Sometimes I just want to talk to y'all, so I'll be kind of lingering. But I appreciate you for making this your first listen of the day every day until the next time that we hear each other. Family, take care. Stay blessed. Oh, I didn't say what tomorrow's going to be. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about this tired debate of celebrity coaches versus non-celebrity coaches. And I really want to put this to bed, and I'm going to tell you why. It's a little bit irritating. And after that, we're going to get into the SWAC West. And after that, I think I'm going to have a rant about TSU. And then it cut me off. So I appreciate you. Take care. <laughs> Stay blessed. Peace.